Shazamatron, dearest podcast land, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, dog past. Wait, I've forgotten. Dog past. No. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the, uh, the show where we review Dog to Who. <laughs> I am Leon, and with me in the Who Back When studio today, next to me, I have. It's Marie. Hello, Marie. Hi. Sitting across from Marie and diagonally across from me is. Drew Back When. Excellent branding. Hello, Drew Back When. Hello. Hello. We are continuing today our May Christmas. May Christmas, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> we just had a Christmas audiobook special. We are about to climb into a Christmas TV special. And today we are talking about a pre-Christmas TV special, namely the Snowmen prequels, plural... Yeah, and any other material from 2012 we can lay our hands on. <laughs> we are going to count in this uh, little bonus episode the great detective Vastra Investigates or Madame Vastra Investigates, one of the two, and... Demons run two days later. Bingo bongo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to skip the novel, <laughs> the title of which I can't even remember. <laughs> so um, who wrote the novel? Did you at least look that up? Oh, I'm... I've, Final look it up, my goodness. <laughs> it's like an, an official like BBC novel. I think so. Hmm. Yeah, because I get the feeling that that's quite rare these days to have like a tie-in novel. I mean, this this strikes me as more of a '90s preoccupation. It's called Devil in the Smoke. Brackets yep. novel. <laughs> <laughs> what in case people thought they were picking up a branded iPad or something? <laughs> In fact, it says novella. It says both novel and novella on TARDIS mm. Wiki. I'm not entirely sure which to believe. We could probably finish a novella. It I'm joking, was, I'm joking. Just now. <laughs> yeah. Who's it, it by? It was written by Justin Richards. Oh. And apparently there's an audiobook version of it that's read by Dan Starkey. Oh, okay. Strax himself. Oh, right. Mm. Right, Ooh. that is Strax. I think 20,000 words of Strax might get a little greater. <laughs> <laughs> but check it out, podcast land. Correctamundo. And also, it, for all you purists out there who don't count Demons Run two days later as a, a proper prequel to this, there's a little bit of trivia associated with that. Let's maybe use that to kick this off. So it didn't air until after the Snowman aired, shortly before the Bells of St. John, the, the thereafter following New Who episodes. And it was, uh, this is according to some trivia page somewhere on the interwebs, it was erroneously labeled a prequel to the Bells of St. John and therefore aired afterwards. Oh. Part of the snowman doesn't really make sense without it. You would think of the three, it would be the first one. Exactly, yeah. yeah chronologically, it should come first. Yeah, yeah. you think, actually, yeah. it should have been broadcast a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the airing order, The Great Detective. Yes, 16th of November, 2012, aired as part of the Children in Need charity special oh. on BBC One. Ah, Yes. Starts off with Matt Smith introducing it from the TARDIS wardrobe. We are honour bound to report, Podcast Land, that when Marie <laughs> saw the camera pan back and that Jenna Coleman was standing alongside Matt Smith, she actually squealed. It did a little squeak. Yeah, she did. Well, only because you told me that she couldn't possibly be in there. I, I know, sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin the surprise. And you didn't. <laughs> Thanks to my lies. <laughs> Oh, speaking of lies, uh -huh. the Doctor lies, well, we know the Doctor lies, but Matt Smith lies instantly in saying that I lost my best friend Rory. Is in Rory's not his best friend? 
Of course Rory's not his best friend. He treats oh. Rory like... I mean, he's always smooching Rory, but that's as good as it gets for Rory. Otherwise, oh. it's just Rory's being like- called idiot and being hit with... Hands and newspapers and goodness knows what. <laughs> but we can move on from Rory. Let's yeah, move on from good. Rory. My question for you is, who do you think is narrating this prequel, Minnesota thing? I had that exact question when I was watching it, and yeah. then I forgot to write anything down. So would you enlighten us, Drew? Well, I am making a conjecture here, but I think it's that shameless whore, Mark Gatiss. Um. <laughs> if you listen back, I'm fairly certain that's him putting on his narrator voice. I thought you were going to say it was someone from Shameless then. Oh no, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> oh, bit of a change of pace. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it's Gatiss. If it's not Gatiss, someone let us know. I don't remember at all. Okay. Is it the same person who narrates the Christmas one? What, the snowman? Yeah. Is there a narrator? Exactly, is there one? There's a little voiceover at the start, isn't there? Oh. Isn't that Gandalf? Ian McKellen? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Ian McKellen is the voice of the great intelligence. He is? No is he? Well, yes. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's much more important. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Should we should we pull back? What did people think top level of this little minisode? Unnecessary. Entirely unnecessary. Ow! It, it, it was a little bit on the charming sides. It was possibly the most necessary of the three, but it was still... I, I, I mean, no, is this the, just the, the loss of the prequels? I could happily have lived without it. The most necessary of the three is the one that tells us that Strax is alive. Surely. Oh yeah, sorry, that is entirely true. <laughs> but this one does take place like immediately before. Let's describe what happens in it for people that are trying to follow this at home. This is the one that where Doc stood all shadowy with his like child catcher hat on askew and and they're is that all. What it's called a child catcher hat. No, I just made that up. <laughs> it's a very very tall, bit battered top hat. Yeah, too tall. Um, and they're all, has... and they're all trying to entice him into investigating, but with really like piss poor investigation. You know what? Actually, I, now I feel like we were really harsh a moment ago. It's not. <laughs> it, it, it is kind of charming, isn't it? Oh. They really, really they want to help him. He's retired. He's just been sulking. Can they not caught with something better? Um, yeah, that's the bit where... This man with the drill that doesn't have a drill and was just drunk. I wrote very few, wrote down very few notes about this, but... Uh, oh, I thought I'd written down a note about this, but I hadn't really. But it, <laughs> I was Exceedingly about to, few. I was about to say, oh, uh, I wrote down that they were really pathetic, but I must have just thought it. Yeah. Well, they definitely were. Yeah. You're Certainly. saying that this is charming. I'd say it's exactly one quarter charming, and that quarter is Strax. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's the only redeeming feature of oh, this Minnesota for we me. Are, Holtz Malone's going to get back to Strax when we talk about the snowman, but he is fantastic. Mm. He's fantastic across the board. He's fantastic in all these prequels. He can do no wrong. Strax. Strax. Where have you been? Mr. Potato. Is what I said before true? Does this take place seconds, basically seconds before the snowman? It might as well. as he wanders off... It start, is this the one where it starts snowing at the end? It starts snowing at the end, and then and later that on... that also in, happens in Vastra Investigates as well. Mm. Oh, that's true. And in The Snowman, it has been snowing. The snowmen are actually appearing, and he is then walking down these streets when he bumps into Clara. Oh, the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, Could that not be it? It feels like it shouldn't lead on directly from this one. If this was the first... Like, it should have led on directly from the second one, surely. Uh, well, the snow has been falling for 50 years, hasn't it? To reach this critical mass or something. <gasps> okay, so is, this, is the snow that 
Happens in the first one, the first snow, and then the second one is 50. It can't be 50 years later because Jenny hasn't aged 50 yeah, years. Yeah, Jenny no, is okay. the weak link there. Because I did want to know how long Doc has supposedly been in this place. Because how they talk about him, and this is in the Christmas, one, the snowman one really, but like it, they talk about him as if he's like, he's he helped the world for thousands of years, but now he doesn't do anything. And, it's and like, he picked he, a cloud somewhere above Victorian London. Is he supposed to have just stayed above Victorian London for the whole time? That's my understanding. And how long has that time been? Because like you say, nobody's aged. It's going to be a few it's like years. like six months minimum. Like, yeah. It'll be like, it, it won't be a, a ton of time because... Mm. I mean, Jenny's Jenny's quite young. Yeah. Uh, Vastra isn't wholly established. I, I mean, imagine um, Strax doesn't have that great a lifespan either. Also true. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, yeah, anywhere between six months and, shall we say, three years? Yeah. Something like that. Why pick that place and talk, like if he doesn't if he doesn't want to be reminded of the uh, the companions that he has lost yeah why come to england like london why go like, elsewhere yeah yeah find a vineyard in france or go to mars those are your two options and why also why base yourself in one place why not you could still travel and see things but just not get involved yeah mm. and he can't help himself He's got to remove the possibility of being tempted. So is this this is the most boring place he could find where yeah. no like yeah. alien. And I, I tell you why he's above London because it's always cloudy above London. <gasps> if a cloud stays hovering over London for five or six years, no one's going to question it. It's also smoggy, is yeah. it not? In Victorian London, he's just all. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. I was done. And is he maybe there because he wants to be near the Paternoster gang because he wants them to eventually convince him? Because he, he knows that they're going to try to convince him to join them on some mystery, yet he still indulges them. When, and he, when they call upon him, he, he shows up to listen to their lame stories. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now he just enjoys seeing them because they bolster his resolution he reminds them in the most oblique way of all the gr otherwise great people he's lost he looks at them and he remembers demons run and he's like ah oh, that lost me amy and rory ah oh, this is why i'm retired can someone remind me what happened to strax at demons run uh he got shot and rory had a nice touching nurse moment with him oh right i believe and he did did we see him die think so yeah yeah ish. i mean we may not have seen his death rattle but mm. it was pretty clear that strax was on his way out slumped mm. up against the wall yeah mm. so the and then the strax episode two days later he just wakes up again but still slumped against the wall nobody's thought to maybe put him on a bed and like treat him medically they've just left him for two days exactly where he collapsed Sontaran physiognomy uh <laughs> yeah, combined with rory's slow acting medication yeah. it's, it's <laughs> Sontaran slumping technology. <laughs> like he's just someone against the wall. Optimal position for uh, making everything work. Okay, so a theme in two of these prequels, not the children in need one, perhaps tellingly, I don't know, is alluding to Strax and Jenny. Yeah. That's almost the entire reason Vastra Investigates exists, is to have Vastra say, yes, me and Jenny are hostily married. Oh my goodness, it's far better than any of your hetero stuff. And the detective has to be like, oh my lord, oh my lord, my lord, my lord, <laughs> somebody fan me. And, <laughs> and then in two days after Demon's Run, or whatever it's called... Uh, she makes an allusion to, uh, yes, Jenny was ostracized by her family for, how can I put this most cryptically, um, being a massive leather. And it's <laughs> <laughs> essentially, that is as, as subtle as it gets, I'm afraid. Yeah. So 
And this also comes up in the episode. The way that it, that, that comes up in Faster Investigates yeah. makes me think that Jenny's not been around very long, as in she hasn't been part of this gang for very long. She was at Demon's Run, though. Oh, yeah. That's, okay, yeah, sure, fine. But she hasn't been part of the official crime-fighting team of the Paternoster gang for very long. But they're just forming the Paternoster gang at, after Demon's Run. Okay, fine. <laughs> to clarify, we yeah, are not yeah. getting to them when they are in an established role in London. Right, okay, okay. Gregson, is his name Gregson or am I thinking of the actual Sherlock Holmes character that he is whatever? The, the, the Scotland Yard chap. Yeah. He has no idea that those two are in a relationship. Yes, and they do and also he say somehow that Strax, does, they, also, they do also say that Strax is new. Yeah, they Strax do. Strax is new. Uh, he doesn't know about their relationship and he somehow doesn't know that Vastra is a, is not human. <laughs> just, just got this dry patch of skin. There's a little yeah. bit of eczema there. Oh, mm. must be really, really tough. <laughs> That's another thing that gets picked up in the episode as well. Um, Simeon has more trouble with Vastra being a woman than a reptile mm. and the detective has more trouble with two women being married than one of them being a reptile. Are people just not supposed to know that Vastra is not human? I thought she was walking around with that veil in order to hide her reptilian nature. Yeah. And then but all of a just... sudden she's just walking around without the veil. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to walk around with a veil if there's a much bigger elephant in the room that people can't get past. My slight problem with this is, does everyone in Victorian London share the same intolerance at the same level? Because that's what it makes it seem like. Like, every time it comes up, oh, goodness, I, I can't even begin to comprehend this because I'm so straight-jacketed and we're, we're just one absolute conglomerate in the past. I don't think that's how the past works because that's not how the present works. Also, massively racist society. There's a, a green woman in the room clearly part dinosaur or however it works and, <laughs> yeah, and they the Victorian that- society is just like you know what actually we were never racist we were however greatly homophobic also probably true but like not only hmm. do you think they think that Vastra's like this is the time of all the freak shows and stuff isn't it maybe she's oh. just like the massively tattooed woman oh maybe or something yeah because they can't comprehend aliens they've never seen aliens they don't know about advanced space technology so that's yeah that's true even though she's not an alien she's a fellow autopsy technically form. yeah yeah mm. and uh, and um, yeah wasn't a homosexuality is illegal so everyone would be a bit more up in arms about it yeah, yeah. well actually yeah a, that, a lot of people not everyone no but well, they only, they only interact yeah, with like, like yeah they only interact with a handful of people so maybe not everybody would react that way but yeah, yeah. i am extrapolating out from two people to everybody but yeah. we've only got a sample size of two to one 100 <laughs> percent of the sample <laughs> yeah you can't even draw a trend without three data points can you? okay okay but also i should say that homosexuality wasn't illegal until Maybe it was Victorian times. Maybe the law was introduced then. For hundreds saying, of years, they, they just didn't bother. Yeah, because they just didn't imagine it Because existing. of Vastra and... <laughs> 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 yeah, he went He went straight back to his friend the judge and says, well, I'm going to write some sort of legislation. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know these women are marrying each other? And yeah, and that's when, when she says... Mar- like, they keep saying married. Like, what, who's married them? The doctor, presumably. Do you think... Well, I mean, yeah. Jodie Whittaker oh, right. marries people in Demons in the Punjab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I have oh, one. so that's nice. So the doctor married them and his like Possibly. universal <laughs> law trumps this archaic Victorian law that says oh. you only men and women can get married. Well done, Doc. 
Yes, bravo. But yeah, I think the real focus on the lesbian aspect, I think if it was set in modern times, it would have really grated on me. But you can't, I kind of just, it's Victorian, so you let it slide a little bit. It's just of its time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how disappointing do you think this would have been for children in need kids? Oh, very. Because mm. I'll, I'll put this in some context. Previous children in need specials have been The Five Doctors. The whole 90-minute special was for children oh, in need. Oh, wow. Yeah. There was Dimensions in Time in 1993, which was some weird e- crossover with EastEnders. <laughs> oh, that's, that one's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen that one. And the very first encounter with Doctor Who that Rory ever had. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rory. To bring it to New Who, we had Born Again in 2005, which was all apart from the first five seconds exposure we had to Tennant. I don't remember that one at all. talking with Rose. And Rose was like, chase back. And Tennant was like, oh, I don't think I can actually. You've got to get used to me. And it's actually quite tense and it teases a regeneration going wrong and a crash landing and it's like well who is this new doctor we're getting he seems a bit scatterbrained i mean my goodness and maybe rose will hate him so there's some real dramatic stakes there in 2007 we had time crash oh yes is that not the tenant davison one yes yeah tenant davison crossover written by of all people stephen moffat oh the first multi-doctor adventure in the new who canon oh, if right. you want to yeah, yeah. bring it into canon where the whole universe was threatened there was a supernova and a black hole all at once and then we get this and there's four minutes of very little doctor and at the end of it the kids are led to believe that the doctor's retired yeah, yeah. i was just about to say like i don't know about born again but what all the other ones have in common is a happy end and this one is super short and <laughs> ends on such a depressing note mm. Yeah. And then hard cut to a very jolly Matt Smith. <laughs> like, hey, there you go, kids. And you know You're how, happy, right? And you know how children in need works, right? Is that weeks in advance there will be teasers saying like, oh, and there's going to be a Doctor Who preview as part of our four-hour telethon. Oh, yeah, of course. And the telethon begins at seven, and Doctor Who maybe appears in hour three, if you're lucky, mm. like deep in hour three as well. So you've sat through two and a half hours of utter shit to get to this point, and then you get this. Yeah, that's not great. They should have gotten, if anything, they should have gotten Demon's Run part two or two days later. Yeah, well, maybe they were designed to have that and then someone mis- hmm. fucked it up and mislabeled. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Put all three of them in the special. Yeah, yeah and then make them ten times so, longer. How, how far <laughs> apart was the the second and the third? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I'm just not going to look it up. Okay. Podcast land, go to <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> slash the internet. <laughs> Yeah. And let us know, slash don't let us know. Yeah, 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 just don't, just don't. <laughs> and just to wrap this up, since then, there have only been previews for Doctor Who Christmas specials broadcast in Children in Need. Apart from Peter Capaldi appeared as part of a Fantastic Beasts skit where Eddie Redmayne is phoning oh. everybody at the BBC to try and find Pudsy or something. So yeah, there hasn't been any original Doctor Who content since yeah. then. It's pretty weak. This was the beginning of the end. Yeah. And this happened in a year in which we got like six episodes of Doctor Who total. This happened. (laughs) You you described this the way that you might refer to a hurricane. (laughs) This happened. It it was a natural disaster of a minisode. But overall, we liked it, right? I loved Strax. Yeah, Strax is great. Yeah, me too. I suggest that we say farewell for now and jump into the recording of our review proper. Ooh. I agree. Let's. Let's do that. Catch you in a few days, Podcast Land. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Bye.
Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own. Browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?